Welcome, everybody. It's Killer Serials. This is Tony Jones. Sick, sick Tony Jones. We've got a sick Tony Jones. He's not feeling good. Nope. We're talking about the path because we like to talk about good television. Episode 208. 208. Um, sec- second season. Eighth, Eighth episode. Yeah. Streaming on Hulu. So how we... You should know how to find this by uh, now, people. How we left the last episode was... Um, Pretty crazy. Yeah, Eddie is pulled over and beat in the back of the head with a tire iron and hopefully he has no lasting brain damage. Guess what we found out today, though? He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Snaggletooth is left in the car out on the side of the road. Yeah. Amber alert. <laughs> totally. Eddie. He gets out of the car. Eddie. So Eddie, Eddie comes to in the cabin that he saw in his dreams. Yeah, this is the crazy thing. So Eddie's had a vision. He comes to in that cabin that he saw in that vision or dream. And then he wakes up, and he's there with Richard and Kodiak, and they're, like, going to beat the truth out of him. Richard, you know, he's just like, you got to go save that kid. There's a kid out there. Go save him. And They don't care. They don't give a crap about some kid. And maybe it's there, maybe he's not. All they care about is finding out the truth. And what The they truth wa- about what? What do they want to know? What they want to know is, did you kill Steve? Or... Because they know someone more was what, with, more was what with they want Steve is, in Peru. Were you there when Steve died? That's, I guess, what and, they really want to know. And what the hell happened? And what happened? And what happened? They're, it's funny. They're not really accusing him of pushing Steve off the cliff. Because I think at this point, they know that Steve's kind of wackadoodle. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> and so Eddie's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're... T-. And then he says, oh, crap. You, dr- you gave me the... You drugged me. Get, they got the juice. And he pukes into a bucket. And then... And then he begins having these... Goes into a crazy... Visions. Vision. And so it's not so much beat it out of you. They roofie him. They roofie him. And here where and where he goes is incredible. To the garden. Yeah. To the garden that Steve promised will come to only Myrists during the apocalypse. And who does he see there? He sees his mother and he sees his brother. And he sees Steve. Yeah. He sees three people we know are deceased. But how is his mother and brother there if they're not Myrists? Well, Dr. Stephen Meyer says to him, like, you created this place. In other words, this is your heaven, right? But Interesting. Th- that's a great question you ask about, you know, supposedly only Myrus get to go to heaven. But here in Eddie's question vision is, of who's heaven? heaven? Yeah. Eddie, you know, Myrus heaven would be my hell, probably. Yeah. In Eddie's. No beef. Right. All vegetables. Oh, can't do it. Yeah. It's good drinking, though. You think? Probably. They drink wine hops. and beer all they the time. Probably hops. some hops. Yeah. <laughs> um, and some herb, some sacred herb. Some sacred herb. <laughs> yeah, so Eddie has this experience with his brother where he says, why did you do... And then kind of stops. Like, he can't quite bring himself to say, why did you commit kinda, suicide? He kind of keeps on walking, doesn't he? And his brother says, I don't really even remember. I just remember I needed to get out. And Less- so he has this kind of reconciling moment with his brother... And it's funny, Stephen Meyer, you know, the last time we saw Stephen Meyer, he was going crazy, like dying of chemo and cancer and walking off the cliff, bald, and kind of like a raging lunatic madman. Loopy. And now he's like very calm, very peaceful, and very welcoming to Eddie in this garden of heaven that, you know, he's yeah. in. So I think that's, I think that's pretty, you know, I like that. I, I, I think it's, it's interesting because... A big part of Meyerism is, you know, 
what happens at the end of the road. Because this world is going down in flames. I mean, that's a big part of the ladder is, you know, Dr. Stephen Meyer got to the top of the ladder in 1974 in Peru while he was tripping. And what he saw was an environmental apocalypse, man created, everything burning, undrinkable water, and only the Meyerists were going to kind of transcend into this heavenly garden where everything was going to be pristine. And um, we talked about this idea because with the writers this week, you know, we're still recording this while we're both in LA. And one of the things that I find interesting about the show is it really does raise conversations about how we view, respond to, and cultivate visions of the apocalypse and the end of the world. Yeah. And I think movements like Myrists, the Myrist movement, are comparable to evangelicals. Okay, say which more about does that. no service to any of us on this earth, because they're so con- convinced that there's going to be a fiery apocalypse that will essentially purify this earth, just destroy this earth, and there'll be a new garden, right? Well, and let's be but honest, but there's some of us who believe this is all we got. I know, but let's right? be honest. There's plenty of stuff that you don't even have to get to Revelation. There's plenty of stuff that Jesus said that would lead you that, that gives credence to that kind of view if you want it like you know everything's going to go through a refiner's fire there's going to be a new jerusalem and things like that i mean but where is it going to go where is it going to be well it's not really a question of where and of course it is well i mean i'd say that's a question that most christian theologians don't get hung up on is where is this going to be you could ask the same thing about the new garden like where is this garden well in this, in this episode, it's in Eddie's drug-induced imagination. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like it's like uh, manufactured by his own mind. Yeah. In in combination with some roofies. Yeah. So Eddie kind of goes on a trip, literally. What if these visions, speaking l- largely about cults and other religions that have views of the end time like this? I mean, what if they're just visions of their demise? What do you mean? And the paradise doesn't come. Yeah. Well, what if they get half of it right. I mean, this is the promise of of Jim Jones in Jonestown, right? Drink the Kool Aid, because on, on the if you stay here, they're coming to get us. If you drink the Kool Aid, you're going to be in paradise with me. Yeah. Or the same one with uh, who are the ones who thought that behind Haley's comet there was a spaceship and That's they right. wore the Adidas, you yeah. know and all and, the white clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And they were laid on their bunks and, and took the poison. Like, that's the promise of a cult leader. Right? So, speaking of cult leader, we learned something in this episode that's quite disturbing and that I think has become a trope of any show with or film with a religious, professional religious figure. Cal's mom is in hospice. She's dying of, pro- what, lung cancer? Uh-huh. Her voice sure sounds like it. Like mine. Her voice sounds like mine. That's why I she have this voice. She sounds worse. She sounds like 10 times deeper than Who yours. Who are you? I want to see Cal. Where's my son? So Cal, we'll get to this in a minute. Cal is out west friend raising. Which he says, I'm at the other end of the earth. Might as well be to him. When he, when he answers the phone. So Sarah goes to visit Cal's mom. 
And Cal's mom is beside herself on her deathbed. She has to see Cal. Are she you has here, to say something. Are you here to stick me with a needle or pray for me? Are you here to pray for me or poke me? Because that's all they do around that's, here. That's, everyone's that's pretty good, right? one of those two things. And yeah. she's obviously in the pray for me category. So she she tells Sarah that she has something important to say to Cal, and we can shorten this. We here. can jump up we because draw it out. Yeah, because Cal basically it, it happens in two scenes at, toward the beginning That's of right. the episode. And she the calls end. Cal, yeah. and he's like, "I can't." And then later in the episode, she goes back in the room, and so and Cal doesn't want Cal doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't right? care. He doesn't. He doesn't care. He so Sarah he, thinks yeah. she wants to apologize for being a bad mother, or to apologize for his father, and she does want to apologize. And she's but. But for what what she wants to apologize for is is very disturbing. She says, "Oh, his dad was just a weak drunk. He was yeah. no, he was harmless, but right. you know." But the real problem was that Stephen Meyer sexually abused. She insinuates Cal. that. She insinuates she that says, I saw him it. holding him in the tent, in the and tent, it wasn't right. It wasn't right. And so you're like, he was cradling him, or they were naked, or you don't know. And I think, but the assumption is because yeah, of these yeah. tropes is that this. Minister was a sexual predator. <laughs> I understand it. It's an easy leap to make, but it does. And I like. I actually like that the writers leave it kind of open. Open. You don't know exactly what. But happened. they're also playing on these assumptions. Yeah. That. So Stephen, th- this is really not every <laughs> faith leader is a sexual predator. But other than Stephen Meyer being a little bit crazy, this is the first inkling we've got that Stephen Meyer was evil like was a bad dude and they could play that they could play that out yeah and yeah. we do, up till now we've been like well Stephen Meyer was crazy and a cult leader but he could be a bad dude now he's now he could really be a bad dude if but then again this mom is not like a totally trustworthy source narrator yes. of the, of the story either like yeah. she's been an alcoholic for years the reason that um <clears throat> the reason that Cal ended up in the cult is that you know his home life was so terrible, and Stephen Meyer took him in. Now, did Stephen Meyer take advantage of him, really, or did she just imagine that? I, I mean, maybe we'll find out in season three or season four or whatever. But it's 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 a pretty fascinating thing, and it does give Sarah, who's already kind of starting to struggle with her faith because things are just not going the way they're supposed to go. They're crumbling. She hears this, and she's like, "I don't want to hear this." Like sticks her fingers in her ears, la yeah, la la la, and runs crazy. out of the yeah. room. Yeah, like what? Yeah, why would you not want to hear? It? But she's she doesn't want to hear it. So yet again, another chink in the armor there. You know, yeah, for her. Yeah. So Cal is not around because he's out out here on the left coast. Yep. Looks like he's at the W Hotel, poolside. Some beautiful women, and he's gone because he's identified. He and Hawk have identified that Noah's mother um, is, wealthy. is wealthy. Yeah. But, and she has written a big check to the movement, and they need more money, right? Because they're still in foreclosure on the property. Right. Hawk tries to convince Noah to ask her mother for money, but Noah reveals that they have a broken relationship. And Hawk says, I don't think this is. No, and he goes to Cal and he's like, What we you can't do this. BS what you tried to get me to do. Yeah. Like, I hate that. So Cal goes by himself out to LA. Yeah. Turns out. Noah's mom is um, an agent, a manager of a pop star who's on the rise. Right. Yep, yep. And I will tell you, like, for me, I just want to confess that this was a time when I really was surprised 
I thought the writers did a really great job. Because I thought that Cal was going to succeed. I did too. I thought he was going to convince Noah's mom and he was going to convince this pop star with his like magnetic personality. They see right through him. So Cal, so quickly to set the stage, Cal is going out and, and Noah's mother, played by Melanie Griffith, says if you can get her, her pop star doesn't want to go on tour. She's depressed, yeah. right? Yeah. She says if you can help me get her back on the road... I'll give you 50 I'll cut grand. you in. 50 grand. And Hawk and uh sorry, Cal's like, I got this. Yeah. So they go out to the beach. They go, they go to a beach the house. They, they go, go to, to a beach party. house. And and he snorts a little coke to kind of you Fit know in. ingratiate himself to her. And they end up out on the beach and he starts his spiel, which almost always works. And this 16 Which 17, is might replace the light with Jesus. Yeah. And you get it. Just invite it <laughs> yeah. into your heart yeah. and you can have that joy year round. Yeah, and it's really not about joy. What you really want is, you know... Well, it's not about happiness. It's about joy, right? It's something that's constantly with you. It's not one fleeting moment. Right. right? And you can have it. It's inside of you. She sees... She cuts him off and... Basically says, you don't even believe the shit you're selling. (laughs) That's what Melanie Griffith's character, Noah's mom, says after the pop star leaves. But the pop star, like, basically cuts him off, is like... You sound like a freaking Amway salesman. I need another bump. Yeah. And, and then Noah's mom the gives her a bump, and she's like, yells, hey, friends, let's go back. And she's got this little posse, and they go back inside to keep partying. And that's when in one of the most brutal, I think, well-written dialogues in this show thus far, and, and it's Melanie Griffith, right? She just looks haggard and, like, Botoxed, and just her hair is just like... Wants to she's give up on the road because it's been treated so many times. It's just like, and and she's just like anorexically skinny, and she's like, you don't even believe your own pitch. And Cal, who is an incredibly dishonest person, is told by someone else, you're being dishonest with yourself. You're not even honest with yourself. And oh my gosh! And then she just gets up and walks away, and leaves him sitting on the beach. Yeah. And you just wonder what's going on inside his mind. Is he like, you're right? And so why I, I love don't. this exchange and I love this storyline is because it shows the ways in which brokenness lingers with us or yeah. experiences of pain and, and abuse, which is, we've talked a lot this week about, you know, for example, Catholic priests don't have the market cornered on child abuse, right? Right, right. Like there's, there's mental abuse, there's psychological abuse, all these things from... From people in positions of power in religious communities, and that stuff lingers, and it really impacts how you're able to share that message with other people, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think what we see is that, Cal, you know, it's funny. Sarah won't let herself hear something bad about about the founder of the movement. Yeah, and um, Cal is in this interesting spot where he like doesn't. Um, he can't even look in the mirror and be like, do I actually believe this stuff or not? Yeah. And she calls him out. And this this is a woman who you wouldn't expect her to be a real truth teller because she's like a, a music agent or sure. whatever, yeah. a schmoozer. But she sees it, man. She sees right through him. And she just like, yeah, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, that's a – so speaking of believing it and being able to share it, I think it brings us back to one of the final scenes in this episode – 
Eddie gets out. Let's just say this. Of his trance. Eddie's in the trance all day. When he wakes up, it's dark out. So we this also raises but our Richard, anxiety that Snaggletooth is like, yeah, he's been out in that car past But he's dark. reunited with his mom. Right. We find this out. But my point is, yeah. he's, in, he's in that trance state for a long time. That's right. Point. That's right. And Richard says, what did you, what was the experience? Because Kodiak flees. Yeah. Right. Richard says, what is it? What'd you see? What happened? No, and I think Kodiak is in there, in the room when, when Eddie wakes up. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's in the room. He's like on the floor with Eddie. Well, regardless. And Richard Eddie, is standing in the back, but. Eddie says, I felt love, forgiveness, peace. Yes. And That's we've talked yeah. all season, last, at least the last three episodes, is Eddie in or is he out? Right. And this just adds to that tension. You know that Eddie, in having this experience of the garden, I really thought Eddie was going to leave the cult and never go back, but he keeps having these visions that show something special about him. He can't shake it, can he? And what's special about him is connected to the Myris movement. Like, he doesn't have a vision of Jesus. He has a vision of the garden. That's true. So I guess as we look ahead, we got to wonder, like, what's Eddie going to do with this? You know, does Eddie go back to Sarah and say, you're right, all this stuff is true? Is there any way Chloe takes him back? Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? No, and I, I won't. I hope not, and I won't miss Chloe if that's the end of it. <laughs> okay, well, that's episode eight. It's going to be exciting to see what happens. It's going to be exciting to see what happens with Eddie moving forward. Yeah. Right? What's Cal going to do? He's been left in a very precarious position, right? He's kind of cradled in this swing with a gun. And what's Sarah going to do? With this information. With this information about Cal and Steve. We'll see on episode nine. Yeah, for sure. Next week. Thanks for listening, everybody, to Killer Serials. Everything's just ripped apart. I will murder you before I let you take him from me. You know all the tactics then. That's my job, knowing what deception looks like. There was a man following us. I won't be blackmailed. Yes, you will. The light provides. It's all very delicate. Your fragile house of lives. It could collapse at any moment. The night is only beginning. Just to know that I